There is nothing wrong with your internet. Do not attempt to adjust your settings. We are controlling the podcast. We control the squealing and the screams. We can make your heart flutter, your eyes blur from tears, or sharpen your mind to crystal clarity. For the next hour, sit back. We are in control of what you hear. We repeat, there is nothing wrong with your settings. You are about to experience the awe and mystery known as the female mind. You are now entering the Fangirl Zone. Welcome to episode 111 of Sci-Fi Talk on the Fangirl Zone, a podcast where we discuss shows on the Sci-Fi Channel. I'm Steve. And I'm Sean Fangirl S. And tonight we'll be discussing episode one of season two of Channel Zero. This season is entitled No End House. Okay. So (laughs) I was so much more freaked out by this first episode than even last season. Yeah, it was um, very creepy to say the least. Yes. And I think it was more because like, it's a haunted house and you always hear stories about all these different kind of haunted houses. And I know there was one that was going around for Chicago a long time ago. And it was like, Oh, it's multiple floors and they can grab you and take you down a floor. And if you actually get through all the floors, then you win like a hundred bucks or something. And so it's kind of, it had the same feel to it. Right. Just the stories, the legend of the awesome haunted house. And then just watching this, I'm like, this is creepy. Because I've been to a couple haunted houses that kind of had something similar to, like, the second room. Right. So so I can just see this, like, really getting in your head. And especially if you're watching this when it's coming on late at night, and if you're, like us, watching in the dark because we're crazy, it just kind of gets you all creepy. And I was watching it and nobody was home. So I'm like, oh, what's happening? Yeah. You hear something (laughs) and you're like, oh, what is that? So, yeah, I'm going to sleep great tonight. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so let's start episode one. This isn't real. Okay. Yeah. Just the title. You're like, oh, crap. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And we get it shoved in our face pretty quickly because, you know, you have the opening shots of these old, old homes. I mean, they aren't old as in. Not like Victorian. Old and torn down. Right. Or like Victorian, but like a weird. Like, real quiet, yeah, 50s. 50s, 60s yeah. type. And it just was really quiet, <laughs> which I'm not used to. Right. There's, right, nothing going on. You don't see people around until one girl kind of peeks out of the corner of a side of the house, which, of course, is labeled number six, and she's breathing pretty heavily. Yes. And she walks out onto the street. And looks to the end where there's a large, black, creepy-looking house right. at the end. All the windows are blacked out. I mean, and it is it is just like a flat, black paint that just ab- absorbs all the light. So it's really right. creepy. And the only people we see is an older lady walking on the opposite side of the street with a Doberman. You go, hmm. Right. And then you can see she's really shaken and we don't know what's going on. Right. And so she starts walking towards the house and just seconds after she starts walking, a man shows up behind her. Yeah. And he starts walking faster all of a sudden. Right. To catch up with her. And she catches the 
in the back of her, you know, as she kind of looks back and sees him. So she starts running. And, and apparently of course he this does is too. a sprinter because, man, that guy caught up to her fast. Yeah. And I'm just thinking, oh, man, I need to work on my cardio. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so screwed in a situation like this. Exactly. And just as she gets to the house, she falls and the guy stops and apparently knows her name because he calls her Macy. I know. And I'm like, wait, what's what's happening? Is this like a flash forward flashback kind of thing? I didn't know what was happening. Right. And then he like you see her arm and he's like, what did you do to yourself? And I thought at first like she was just cutting herself. Right. But then you see that it actually says this isn't real. I'm like, what the heck is that? Yeah. (laughs) Because I was like, is he like a cop? Is she crazy? And she's cutting and she's like escaping or something. And Except when he slams her head down. Right. And tells her to hush. And then we see a lighter. And it's like, wait a minute. Yeah. What is going on here? I'm like, "Uh, I don't think he's a cop. No. No. No, 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 no. And at this point, you, yeah, you hear her scream and nobody notices. Right. I'm like, what the hell is happening? (laughs) It's already creeping me out. And it's like the first, what, 30 seconds? Right. Yeah. This is the opening to the series. And you go, oh my God, this is going to be intense. Right. Like, oh, great. This is not something I should watch by myself. Oh. Yeah, I watched it alone in the dark as well, so. (laughs) I guess we're just glutton for punishment, both of us. Yeah, I think so. But seriously, (laughs) last season did not start off that intense. No. So I was like, okay. I mean, it was puppets and kids and, you know, okay. Yeah, creepy, real creepy, but. This had like, yeah, just that kind of underlining factor that it's like, okay, wait, what if this is. Not like some kind of weird haunted house. What if this is like some weird serial killer place? I don't know. It was too damn quiet for me. I've never lived in a neighborhood where it was that freaking quiet. And I live in the burb. But seriously, that was a whole different level of quiet. And that, I think, just kind of creeped me out. Right. Now, really quick, before we go any further, do you think we're going to get any little thread from the last season? kind of like slipping its way in here because i do I, have a question with one of yeah, the things I, unless the guy is somehow tied back to seasons one story oh the guy that we I, didn't see his face right okay no the the yeah the bearded guy yeah because like i said yeah, we didn't if really he happens see to be face. one right yeah well, the, maybe he's related or one of the kid the kid the one that was killed and turned bad, actually found a way out. And this oh. is him over. Oh, that would be weird. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> right. So I, I kind of threw that in out of order. Sorry. But all right, let, let's go. Because we get to meet some of our people now that I'm yes, assuming we we're going to we follow. Margo's introduction. <laughs> I, I said the people that I assume we're going to follow through this. But I mean, I don't know that Macy girl. Right. We don't know. <laughs> we don't know for sure. Right. So we see a newer home. At least one that looks more modern, where in the second story bedroom, our lead, Margot, is viewing some old home video of her playing the piano, hanging out at the pool, and having a tea party with her dad. It was cute, and they kept showing it kind of over and over, especially at the tea party. 
and her right. What was it? I thought it was like a sloth, like a stuffed sloth or something. Right. I kind of thought maybe a raccoon. Don't know. It was a stuffed doll of some sort. Right. I'm like, oh great, is that going to ha- have some significance? Although there's the whole flower blooming thing that seems to be significant already. Yes. Like, oh, God, what? What is with the flowers? (laughs) Now we can't have flowers anymore. And then we see older Margot jumping into some type of water. We don't know what. Sure didn't look like a pool. Right. So. Yeah, you see all uh, these pictures in her video. I'm sorry, not in the video, but in her room. You know, her, her friend, her dad. And what was it? A drawing. It's like, okay, great. What is this? It looked like a UFO. See, I'm telling you. I am just going to be wondering what everything is and what's happening. Right. But she's sitting there watching something. I think she was watching... Oh, crap. Supernatural. I don't think that was Supernatural. You don't? No. I thought it was. I thought that was... Because I know the girl's face. I don't know if it was like Pretty Little Liars or something. Like that. That's not Supernatural, though. I know that. Okay. Unless it was, yeah. it happened to be one I'd never seen with a scene that I've never <laughs> seen because none of our normal people are in it. Right. But yeah, I, I know the girl's face. Like I said, I don't know if it's like Pretty Little Liars or, uh, what's that other one? Teen Wolf? Right. Now, it yeah, that. it might have been that. It was, I had a feeling it had to do something with a supernatural show of some sort because of the drawing of the UFO and on her night. Stand, there was a skull. Oh, I didn't catch that. Although the right. next part was kind of creepy. Yeah. <laughs> all of a sudden she starts getting, as she's eating her bagel, she's getting a text right. message saying, I'm watching you. And then nice cat shirt. I'm like, I would not have been as cool about getting up and looking out the window as she was. No. <laughs> I'd have been like, what the hell? And been like pulling the curtains closed or something. But it turns out it was just her friend. So thankfully... It's her best friend, Jules, and she's walking up, and she's like, oh, you got a new phone. She's like, yes. And you have the little back and <laughs> forth. What are you doing here? Did you think I was going to leave my only friend alone all summer? Ha ha, come up, blah, blah, blah. Right. Here's my question. Why don't they have screens in their windows? <laughs> yeah, very good question. Why I noticed this, I don't know, but it really stood out to me. Right. And I noticed this a lot in some of these shows. Like, people just stick their head out the window. How does nobody have screens in open windows? Do they not have bugs where these people live? <laughs> I mean, I have mosquitoes that will, like, drain you. So I know not to just leave it open. I just, I always thought that was weird. And it just happened again here. And I didn't understand it. Because I feel like that was something I, I brought up last season, too. I'm like, why don't they have screens? But I digress. Sorry. Let's go back to the girls talking and chilling and having fun. Right. We cut to them at the pool. Apparently, Margo's has got the pool at her house, the one we saw in the video. Must be nice. It really. <laughs> and Margo states that she's been lounging by the pool all summer and had just figured that Jules had fallen in love with one of her professors. Which was funny because so, it kind of yeah. makes you wonder. It's like, oh, was Jules like a huge flirt when they were in school or what? But Jules is like, uh, yeah, I don't catch feelings ever. And it's like, all right, that just made me think, oh, she must, she must have, uh, maybe had an affair with somebody, which kind of made me wonder if there was some underlying bad blood. Uh, yeah, it's possible. And I think that kind of for 
bodes of um, something she says a little later on in the episode. Mm, okay. And, of course, uh, Jules tells Margot that she could come back with her and they could get an apartment together on campus. Right, because she so, doesn't like her flatmates. Because right. Of, which it's like, are they in Europe or something? This is. <laughs> I know these are weird little quirks, and I know you guys are like, Sean, come on, get over it. But it's like weird little things. I'm trying to figure out where the hell they are. Right. And that's why, I mean, we don't call them flatmates here. You call them your roommate. Right. I'm like, where are they supposed to be? And if school is going to be starting back soon, we're looking at, what, August? So it's still going to be hot. But they don't seem, they're wearing coats, too. It's like, I I don't understand. They're at a pool, (laughs) but they're wearing coats. I'm so confused. I don't know where they are. they got their bikinis on. I know, but later, like, later that night, they're wearing coats. Right, in the evening, yes. So it's somewhere that gets hot during the day and cools off at night. So you've got to figure it's probably somewhere close to the desert. Okay, because it's kind of the opposite here. Right, you, yeah. In the <laughs> morning, you need a sweatshirt. Then by the evening, you're like, that was a bad decision. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, obviously, you can tell there seemed to be a little bit of tension with Jules right. asking that. But Jules is like, are you going to stay here with your mom? And Margot does say she doesn't need any saving from her past. And then there's kind of silence. It's like, um, okay, now what? Right. So yeah. then it's like, let's get in the pool. Okay. So it's like, it, you can tell something's happened and we don't know what it is. And neither of them really know how to address it at this point. Exactly. Which I feel and, like it only makes things weirder as we go here. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's very strange trying to figure all this out at this point in time. Right. Now, of course, Jules gets a text and tells Margot that she is meeting up with JT later and she should come along. Because of the tension, you see Jules kind of like, eh. Or you know, she asks, and I'm sorry, Margot was kind of like, eh, I don't know. Yeah, not too swift on the idea. Right. And uh, we get to meet Margot's mom as she comes out and says hi to Jules. And comments about her being a recluse, not as much as your daughter, lady. Right. And informs Margot that her flight leaves at five, so she's heading out. This is not going to go well. Right. It's like, oh, okay, this seems like real foreboding. All of a sudden, mom is leaving. It's like, oh, God, why? What does this mean? And as she's leaving, she tells them to try not to auction themselves off online. Which, haha, very funny. It's like, right. oh, you're so hilarious, Mom. <laughs> but then it's like, okay, again, this is where I, I'm all of a sudden like, well, what's happened? Is stuff happened in that, that town they're in? Is weird things have been going on? All because right. watching the first season and watching all of these shows, I'm like, oh, this must mean something. It's really hard to take off the tinfoil hat. I'll tell you that. Yes. <laughs> like, something's going to happen that means something. I swear to God, every little thing, I'm like, that must mean something. That must mean something, too. I'm like, God dang it, Sean. So Jules asked Margot if she's coming tonight. And when was the last time she was touched in an unplatonic way? Okay. And, of course, Margot tosses her drink on her. Yeah, not awkward at all there. No. Okay. Then they both get a text. That was a weird text. Oh, yeah. Video showing the blooming flower from the opening. And they get into the pool. It was just like weird sounds, too. Right. Yeah, just 
very psychedelic. And if something like that just randomly showed up on my phone, I'd be like, and I need to throw my phone in the pool. Yeah. <laughs> because exactly. somebody is sending this to both of us, and this is a little too weird. Okay. Yeah. And it'd be time for a new yeah. phone, folks. That would be me. I'd be like, I'm done. Yes. Tapping out already. Okay. Later that evening, the girls arrive at the bar and find JT at the pool tables. I thought they called Jules- him Fish. <laughs> I swear to God, at one point, I... I swear Jules calls that guy fish. She might so have. In that my mu- notes, you know. that's what I wrote. Fish, 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 fish. I'm like, this makes no sense. <laughs> yeah, that might have been his nickname back in second grade. Oh. Because that's apparently how long Jules and him have known each other. Okay, you know what? That does make a little more sense. Right. All right. Both the girls give him a hug, and Jules notices his new tattoo. And this is where I want to stop you for a second. Okay. Because his tattoo is an octopus, and she's like, she says something about a pirate ship right there, too. But then she's like, oh, it's my favorite sea creature. So that pirate ship thing is what I was thinking might be right. a threat. Right, come back. Yeah. Right, it could be. I mean, it, it wouldn't be, be a very big threat, obviously. <laughs> it's like just kind of a breath of one. But that, just because I heard her say pirate ship, and I'm like, all right, is it supposed to be... Like the Candle Cove pirate ship or something, but they, we really didn't right. get to see anything of it. No, we didn't. All we really saw was the tattoo. All right. I didn't know if there was something more that maybe you had seen there. Right. No. No, there wasn't a, a flash cut of the uh, pirate ship <laughs> last season. Yeah, you never. In know. there that was subliminally <laughs> uh, implanted in our heads. Maybe it was. Maybe <laughs> that's why it stuck out so much. oh my gosh very true so jules tells him he doesn't have to be cool they saw him go through puberty and you go okay jules is not one to hold uh any punches oh yeah that's kind of (laughs) mean yes she asked jt about something and he informs her that he had to bail oh so apparently she had told him to bring somebody for margo and, of course, Margot asks who did, and JT spills the beans saying that it was her date, and Jules told him to bring someone for her. And that just irritates Margot, so she walks off. Jules chases her, telling her she didn't want her staying home being grim. And Margot pipes right back, telling her she has the right to be grim, and Jules agrees. Margot says she's not feeling it and asks Jules if they can hang tomorrow. So she's about to call it a night. And a guy walks up and asks if she's leaving, which surprises Margot. And he tells her he saw her come in and thought she was a misanthrope like him. I was like, oh, he's using big words. Okay. Right. Yeah. What kind of angle are you uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's like um, going for here? And then I was thinking, okay, maybe this is the friend because JT never did say the guy's name. Right. But this yeah, random I guy. I don't think so. Yeah. It was. Just random guy. We never did get his name, did we? I just kept writing the guy because I don't remember right. saying his name at all. I think his name is Seth. Oh. I, yeah, I don't know if we ever heard them say it, but I believe his name is Seth. Oh, okay. The guy. And <laughs> so uh, he asks if she's leaving. Oh, uh, no. He, yeah. And she tells him, yes, that she's really tired. And so he walks off and Jules tells her to go have fun at her house and Surprisingly, she doesn't leave. Because she's intrigued by this random guy. 
Yeah, he used misanthrope. So JT asks if Jules is seeing anyone, which she replies she's single as a Pringle. Isn't that and you kind go of okay now? Yeah, um, I get the feeling that Jules may have lived in Britain at one time, just the the flatmate and single as a Pringle, and just oh, is that some a of thing? the words she used? I, I'm not sure if it's British or not, but it sounds like it would be. Oh, okay, yeah, I'm like wait. Pringles if you're uh, listening to this podcast <laughs> in the UK, please uh, write and let us know. Sci-fi talk at Pangirl's Zone. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> Somebody tell us. And uh, if I'm insulting you, please uh, accept my apologies. And let us know, because we honestly don't know what some of this means. Right. I love it, though, that Margot's talking to this guy, and he, she's just like, oh, yeah, I, I like guys that are you know weird loners and into cats. It's like, Oh, wait, sorry. Sorry to say that about you. And then he said something about having a dream being attacked by a horde of puppies. And like, first of all, if you stopped right there, that's not a nightmare or anything. It's like, no puppies, yay. Till he says, and they start eating him. And it got weird. Yeah, real weird. Real quick. Because otherwise, that's just like therapy for a bad day. You just come home and have like this horde of puppies attack you and puppy kisses and everything. And I'm okay with that. Right. Yeah, he had to push it too far. But if far. they become ravenous... Uh, <laughs> you pushed it too far, random guy. Now, of course, we also get Jules giving uh, JT some advice about playing pool and telling him to stroke it at, as if it was in water instead of poking at the ball. Oh, and then this was kind of sad. Yeah, because he le- leans in toward her and she laughs and tell- tells him not to do that. And you go... You're sending him signals, Jules. Well, see, I didn't. <laughs> I wasn't thinking she was sending him signals, but I was thinking that I could totally tell by what he was saying to her. Right, that he was thinking they were signals. Yes, but I didn't see what you see, and this is this is the weirdness. You seen signals, I didn't, but I right. I could also see that he was into her, and she couldn't. Right. So I don't know. It's weird. And uh, that's where a lot of problems come in, obviously, with lack of communication yeah. with people. And now he, she asked him about being back in town, you know, what brings him back to town. And he asks if she's heard of the no-end house. Which seemed kind of random. It's like, okay, is this your way of playing off what just happened? Or was this, like, somehow something you had wanted to bring up all along? Right. And I think it was the latter. Okay. Now, of course, Margot tells about one of her nightmares about walking out of her grandmother's house into a long hallway. And at the end, there would be someone standing behind it and she would wake up so scared. I totally missed her saying that. I don't right. know how I missed that because that makes total sense now. Yes, it does. Now, JT asked Margot to show him her phone and she asked why. Now, he goes ahead and tells them the last time it was in the U.S. was six years ago and somewhere outside of Detroit. Since then, it's been in Eastern Europe and South America. So is it supposed to be every six years? Or I mean, they don't really say that, right? No. No, I don't know if it is that specific, but apparently this house uh, disappears and reappears. Yeah, which is really strange. Yeah, the only advance warning is people in the area start getting like 
teaser tags and posts on Instagram or whatever on your phone, on your TV, just randomly show up and nobody knows what's happening, where it is until it decides to tell you, which right right there, I'd be like, yeah, again, if you didn't tap out already, yeah. Because what's the chances of it being here when we're all here? It's like one in a million. All right. right. No. Yeah, which, of course, <laughs> made you think that JT knew more about this than what he was letting on because apparently he knew it was here. Right. Now, maybe it was because he had gotten the same video and and he researched decided it, it had to be from here. Yeah, because apparently he, had, he knows more, a lot about yeah, it. Yeah, he did see He researched it. Which, uh, right. You know, <laughs> Flags. I have yeah, caution red, flags. Yeah, big red flag. Now, of course, Jules says it sounds like a uh, lame haunted house to her. And another reason, it, she actually used Bewley. Oh, okay. A Bewley haunted house to her. And I was like, what the what? Yeah, I don't know what that is. So did you look that up? No, I didn't get a chance to look like, that up. I don't know what that is, but I'm going to just keep going. I thought it was like a brand or something. Right. So JT tells them there is six rooms. Each is supposed to be scarier than the last, but it's psychological. It gets in your head. Everybody that goes in describes it totally different. And most people don't even make it to the sixth room. And the people who do are never seen again. And they all kind of giggle about it. Cue uncomfortable laughter. (laughs) (laughs) I'm telling you, this sounds so much... Like the weird stories that I would get about the one in Chicago. And nobody ever knew where the hell it was. It was just in Chicago. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Nobody knew an address. Couldn't tell you what street it was on. It was just there. But it was so cool. It's like, uh, yeah, nobody's been to it. It's a lie. And you kind of hope that this might be. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So they end up back at Margot's around the pool. And Margot and Seth are sitting sitting by the pool with their feet in. And her jeans getting wet. And Sis says, right, (laughs) he's read where nightmares you had as a kid are usually about a fear of change. And Margot quips back that hers are foreshadowing. Which I wasn't understanding that. Right. But after the line about the hall, and it makes a little more sense. Well, kind of. But not until later. (laughs) Right. It's like at this point, I'm I'm just kind of like, what's going on? This is kind of weird. And why right. is she yeah. sitting there it's, with her? They're basically in the water, just feeling but... each other out, trying to get to know each other. Because Seth asked if she wants to talk about it, Margot replies, "Well, I really don't know you." And he comes back and he says, "That's fair." And then we see Jules and PT on the Chase lounges. JT and Jules asks if he remembers <laughs> in second grade. They would take them into town to the library. And that's when Margot and I found this book on myths. And there was this chapter on the succubi. And all of a sudden, my ears and neck got all warm because, for whatever reason, every urge and every impulse, even scary adult feeling that I didn't just understand yet. You go, hmm. And then I'm wondering, because of what we see later... If that's somehow connected. But then when they're like, when they took us into town, where the hell do you live? Is there like no library in this little place that you're living in? I mean, where I live, there's like six libraries in our city. 
So I just thought that was kind of weird, too. And I'm like, oh, God, take them into town. Are you out in the middle of nowhere? Is that why it's creepy quiet? Could be. Yeah. And maybe 20 years ago, it was kind of out in the boonies when they started growing up there. Oh, yeah, because they are in And it's grown up so much around them that it's now town. Okay, you know what? I can see that. I can see that. Yeah, I mean, the town I live in was that way. When we moved here forever ago, back like, 20 years ago, it was a real small little thing. And now it's, it's <laughs> got a 150,000 in it. Oh, so okay. I can see it. And then with JT, you know, again, I'm wondering if he's getting a mixed signals here because he's like, yeah, yeah, I can see the appeal of, of something like that. It's like, uh, I don't think she's flirting. I just think she's telling you. This weird stuff happened, and I didn't know how to feel. Right. But I think this is the beginning of Margot and Jules' interests in the supernatural. Okay. I really do. So they've been open about possibilities of things for 20 years. Oh, okay. And I have a feeling this is probably what, shall we say, the house attracts people like that. Oh, I gotcha. So uh, Margot asks Seth to tell her something about him, and he replies that he grew up in foster homes, and she asks what that was like, and he tells her that he just felt different, like he was always trying to blend in, make friends, met a lot of different kids in a lot of different homes. You go, okay, creepy guys, even creepier now. Not so much that it was, he's a foster kid, but it, when he's saying, the way he's saying it, I think is what made him right. creepier. Yeah, and then people come and go, you know. Yeah, but then, yeah, Margot, of all things, drops a bomb that her dad died because he had allergies. Right. Yeah, right in there. And she kind of, like, kicks her head back to show in the house. Right. And she says, and I found him. Yeah, that's not normally what you share with people the first few hours after you meet them. No, not at all. And why she decided to let that out now, I don't know if it was more for the audience, because at this point in time, we knew something was bothering her, but we didn't know why. And now we know. And then all of a sudden she's like, yeah, I'll be back. She goes inside and we've flashback to her finding him on the couch and she thought he was just asleep because the tv was on and you know she was supposed to be home by 10 and she wasn't and she's like maybe if i'd have been home and this has got to be a little uncomfortable for this guy it's like oh absolutely like two hours ago and you're like just like hey here's all my guilt right and you gotta you Um, do feel sorry for her now right right absolutely she is definitely having to deal with something, and you you kind of understand her withdrawing like she has. Right. And then, you know, you know, Seth is trying to make her feel better, and he's like, well, you know, maybe it wouldn't have made a difference. And, right. Yeah, she's like, I'm getting cold. She goes inside. Well, yeah, like I said, you got your feet in the water with your jeans on, so now your jeans are wet, and they act like a wick. Anyway, let me get, get, let me get off that. <laughs> right. So she goes inside. Before she goes in, they see the full, a full moon, of course. Yeah, I'm like, what is that? Again, foreshadowing. Yes. It's alien. More foreshadowing. Alien. And she goes back inside, and the TV is on 
playing an old black and white movie, then suddenly changes to the text video that they received earlier. But a little more in depth. Yes, as it flashes the numbers one through six, and then shows a street sign, Nevin Street. Wasn't there another one? I thought it showed two streets, so that you had like the No, I think they were both Nevins. One of them was just real blurry that you really couldn't make it out, and then it kind of changed the angle to where you could see Nevin Street, but I think it was Nevin Street on both of them. Yeah, see, I thought it was like the cross street, because then all of a sudden... You know, she goes outside, they're like, what's up? And next thing you know, they're driving to the no-end house. Right. Which is why I thought they should the cross street, but apparently this may be just small enough place to know that there's nothing on that street except a couple houses or whatever. Right. Yeah, it wasn't a very long street. No, no, it wasn't. But, but there seemed to be a good crowd. a big, yeah, a bunch of people there. There was at least 10 cars, people's on bike. Yeah, people and- walking up. Right, yeah. When as they start walking up to the house, there's probably a crowd of fifteen or twenty and standing in front of them. Yeah, and a couple of girls and of course, Ju- who are looking pretty shook up. Yes, are walking towards them. Yeah, and then Jules is like, "How was it?" And you just see this one girl like holding her stomach, and she ends up finally vomiting. It's like, well, right. I guess it was pretty good then. Yeah. Oh, man. And JT tells him he's heard that they use subliminal images and suboral sound waves to make you more vulnerable. Totally messes with you psychologically. Yeah. He seems really excited. And again, it seems like a lot of hearsay kind of thing. Right. Oh, yeah, because I've heard this and this and, oh, it's great because nobody will make it to the last house. Everybody freaks out. But... It's going in in groups, because you hear the door unlock, and a group goes in. Right. And it kind of keeps happening, and as it it's happening, this guy with a backpack just kind of comes up and, and joins them. Right. Yeah, he came walking up with real purposely walking past them after the girls had went by. Right. And, and you go, hmm, this guy seems pretty damn motivated, and... Why would he have a backpack on? Right, right. That's what I was wondering because it was, um, oh crap, I forget what they actually call it because actually my husband has one of those. It's like a military bag. It's a three-day bag. Right. That's what it's, what it is. And so it's to have stuff if you're going out on hikes, but not too much. And I'm like, just because I know that they, it was like a three-day bag, I'm like, how long has he been searching for this place? And how far has right. he come and gone? Right. And, of course, he has the beard, so you go, hmm, could that have been the guy that we saw in the opening? See, I didn't think so, only because I felt like the opening guy had very dark hair. Right. And this guy's didn't seem to match that. Right. But, uh, and, you know, we have these other random people, because you can't just have our little group of four and weird guy. Oh, no. You have a couple extra, because I think there was eight, because it was our four, the backpack guy, and then... Uh, three others. One other cup, yeah. Yeah, because there was uh, like three people. Because the one, the, the one guy and another couple, yeah. yeah. So it was seven. But well, eight. I, it was interesting that Margot notices the sign on the house oh, that yeah. says "Unknown Artist, The No End House, Date Unknown, Wood, Nails, Copper, Cock, and You." Yeah, it's like, <laughs> all right, is this supposed to be just something else to kind of freak you out? Absolutely. Yeah. 
Because, of course, you know, JT is like, oh, you know, they spray the whole area with hallucinogen to really have you messed up by the time you... You're going to be like tripping balls by the time you go in. Right. And they didn't seem to be standing there very long. And all of a sudden you hear the door unlock. And they're like, oh, right. okay, that seems to be quick. And JT, oh, maybe it ate him. Ha, ha, ha. Because you right. don't see yeah, anybody come out. out. No. Although I did say the you same spoke. thing when I did the it experience at the con. I'm like, <laughs> people are going in and nobody's coming out. Should I be worried? Just yeah. a buzz. <laughs> but you have them like Seth, like Margo, are you scared really easy? This guy has just got me wondering why he's so concerned about some of this. It just seems like right. more than just a normal, hey, I'm hitting on this girl kind of thing. Right. She does. That It depends on the on the scare. And I'm like, oh, great. There's the setup for us. Right. Go in the door. And as the camera comes out, you see we're going into room one. And on the door, in spray paint, beware the cannibals. There's eight busts to coincide with the eight people that walk in. And they're all like, oh, my God, look it. It's so, it looks just like us. How is that happening? And yeah, it did look weird. Possible? Yes, because none of them had hair. They were all bald. And they all start looking at him, like checking him out really close, except the backpack guy. Right. He's just standing there against the wall. He doesn't care. And then lights go out, and everybody's like, I don't like this. I'm like, okay, really? That was fast. Yeah. <laughs> Comes back up, and everything's like split in half with like hands on it. Which is creepy, right. except JT. Yeah. He's like, mine's fine. It's like, all right, again, foreboding. Yeah. Yeah, you go, okay, these two guys, mm, not going to trust them at all here. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And one girl is already like, you know, talking about when the lights went out. They need an exit. They need an exit because I don't like this. Like, come on. That girl decides to bolt out the exit door. It's right. Like, all right. Is it really an exit or not? Yeah. And then uh, was was it this room? No, the next room. Yeah. So one person leaves down to seven going into room two. It's like, well, that was fast. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like an all metal room. It reminded me of like a um like the hull of a ship. And I thought it looked like the bottom of a pool. Oh, okay. I can see that too. Right, because it had the the half dome lights around it. I don't know. I was just thinking like the whole. So that's why I was like, it just right. reminds me of a ship. And then again, it goes dark, which I'm like, all right, this is going to be the thing. Light comes up, right. and then there's a dude in all black, like gloves on and a weird mask that looks kind of like Tree Man. Yeah. Uh <laughs> and as he's checking everyone out, JT's like, are you looking at me? And he pushes him. I'm like, oh, crap. Is he going to like start yeah. on him or something? And he just, he looks at some of them and then walks up to Margo and bends really close and starts whispering. It's like, all right, this is probably not good. Because she looked no. a little freaked out as he was talking, but then again, I mean, he could be saying absolutely anything. Right, because we don't hear it. It just sounds like jumble. Right. You know that cre creepy, creepy whisper sound when somebody's talking? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lights go out, come back up, and there's a blood trail, and the guy from the odd couple there is missing. Right. With just a pool of blood. Or trail of blood, I should say, that leads to the wall. And right. And disappears. And there doesn't seem to be any door there. Nope. But the girl that was with him is like, Psh, I'm out. That's nice. Your guy disappeared. Yeah. And you're like, bye. Yeah, I'm not sticking around. Wow. Not counting on you. You're on your CA. own, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, but it wasn't meant to be, it, huh? <laughs> they weren't dating very long. But uh, yeah. it got weirder because Jewel's like, what did he say? And she looks at her and she says, welcome back, Martian. And I'm like, what the hell does that mean? Right. Yes. We had no clue what that meant. And you go, okay, well, once again, that's a reference to their love of the supernatural UFOs type stuff. Mm -hmm. So could that possibly be? It's got to be make reference to that. So whoever this is apparently knows Margot pretty darn well. Well, Jules looked a little and freaked go, out, too. Right. And actually, Jules suggests they go home. And Margot says, no, no, no. I want to know more. Yeah. And then backpack guy. Yeah. As soon as the door opens, he's through it and gone. Well, right before he's like, you should leave before it's too late. Okay. Right. Again, <laughs> not creepy or anything. Good job, dude. Now we're all freaked out, wondering if this guy's some kind of weird serial killer. Right. Maybe he does things. But of course, that's, yeah, not going to stop Margot. JT goes in next and then Margot. Yeah, Margot looked pretty ticked and it's like a revolving door. Right. And it does say above it one at a time. It's like, oh. Right. Yeah. Because (laughs) this could be anything. Like, if you're not together, you don't see where they come out. And this would actually be a really awesome thing for a haunted house. And if I see any this year, I will tell you if that happened. Because you can end up in any different room. Because you don't see your friends unless you're going to stand there. But you don't even know if it's going to, if they're going to, like, come to you at the same time or not. Because she steps out, goes back into the door, and tries pushing it. And Margo's like, shit, I'm not going anywhere. It's locked. Right. So had they all gone through at, say, the same time. And it just happened to lock on a hallway for them all. You're kind of screwed if you didn't happen to get out at the same one. Right. And there's this long ass hallway. And Yeah. And it's just creepy. And you see her walking. And it, it's just like the longest hallway. It's like a nightmare hallway. Which finally leads right. back to what she said. Exactly. Because as she's walking, there's a mirror. And she sees it. And then there's some weird laughing, crying kind of happening. Happening? Yeah. <laughs> it was the laughter of the insane. Yeah. Shall we yeah, say? Because it was weird. And, you know, she sees a hand and the mirror is like shaking. And, and she does kind of like scooch around the side of it and sees this guy right. has she, crazy she, eyes. Like, whoa, that that's a good actor. Yeah. That's a good actor because yeah. crazy eyes. It's hard to like fake that real like craziness, I think, in your eye. And he looked like. Yeah. You. You have to really be into it, and this guy was. you got to give him kudos for that. Yeah, I was a little freaked out. Thanks, guy, for freaking me out. Yeah. So, so Margo did exactly what I think all of us would have done. She runs down Run. that hallway. <laughs> and it's like, okay, there's an exit door in the next room. But Margo hears Jules it's... calling for her in the, the next door. So her being a good friend, she doesn't take the exit. She goes into the room. Right. Right, and if she wouldn't have heard that, she would have taken the exit. I think she would have. Because she was, yeah, she was right there at the exit, and then she hears Jules calling for her, and that made her change her mind and go into the next room. Yes, and then you had a very, you know, Wizard of Oz feel here. Because it's an attic, and she can hear and see her friend on, like, a video, and and her friend looks scared. And then she starts seeing the house. And then the area where her dad died. And 
it's all this weird projection. And I'm like, this just reminded me very much of like Wizard of Oz. Right. And the face that was like her dad gets all weird and distorted. And I'm wondering if it was kind of like, at this point, again, all conjecture, but like all these weird images is to put something in your subconscious. Right. And we actually hear Margot's own voice saying that if she had just come home on time, she could have saved you. So I keep thinking that the guy, which you named Seth, is like right. some creepy, like, oh, we're going to pull this girl in and I'm going to collect this information for for the people working at this house or whatever. Right. And who knows? Yeah. Anyway, so her her dad's face, which we never really get his name, do we? I just... No. Called him dad, basically, the whole time. Yeah, her father. His face gets all weird, and and he looks at Margot, and then it stops. And then again, there's right. an exit door, and there's the next room. And she hesitates for just a second or two, and then just right. almost angry, and so she goes into room five. Yes. You know, because I have to get through this. There's only six rooms. Why don't you just go through? Yeah. And then even weirder creepiness happens. Yeah. Not only were you watching, she's going to relive this weird stuff. Right. She enters the room, which looks just like the family room that her father died in. And something is sitting on the couch with what appears to be gray hair or gray something. Right. It looked like like somebody covered in mud or clay. Right. Plaster of yeah. Paris. Yeah. It was just very weird. How it was all. Yes, it was. Because there was no, like, distinction of the face. It just looked really swollen. Right. And, uh, you know, even the hands looked all kind of swollen. And I was like, ugh, what is this going to be? Some weird golem or something? (laughs) Freaks me out. And as soon as she gets in front of it and looks like it could have been her father at one time, The TV comes on, and there's more home movies. Yes, and it keeps replaying, like, a few little snippets of her home movies. Right. And as she's watching that, like, the face on the dad thing, that's what I'm going to call it, kind of starts, like, bulging. And because she said he had died of an allergic reaction, I thought something weird was going to happen. Like, she was going to go bite, and it's going to explode or something, and it would gross me out. Right. But it doesn't happen. Like, nothing exactly happens. No, but it's worse. Yeah. (laughs) And she can't get the TV to turn off, and she looks back at him because he keeps repeating the last few things, and it's with laughter, and it's like, okay, yeah. Him saying, hello there, and yeah, it's it gets creepy real yeah. quick. So she's like, crap, this dad thing is holding the remote. So she walks towards it very slowly, because again, at this point, you're probably freaked the hell out, and you're going to try to turn off the TV, except when she gets close, it grabs her. It's like, oh my god. What is happening? Yes. Yes, there was a jump factor there. Yes, there was. But she's able to pull free. But, I mean, there's only so many places to go. Of course, she backs up into, like, the fireplace. And right. And it's, like, coming for her and kind of moaning. And it sounds like it's saying Margot. Right. And it has its hands out like it wants a hug and then grabs her. And, uh, like, she's trying to pull away. And then it, for a second, when it kind of starts petting her hair, it almost looked like she leaned into the hug. Hmm. Because she starts crying that she wants to go home and ends up right, yeah. like getting loose and going towards the exit door. But then the thing says, and of course, it has to say this, right? Right. You have to go through to go home. All right. Again, foreboding. Because right there, you're like, oh, that means that she's not out. 
that yeah. it's going to put her through some other terrible psychological thing. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Because once outside, she sees Jewel standing away from the house, looking about as ragged as she is, and they kind of walk toward each other, visibly shaken, and they make it to the car, and Jules wonders if the guys would have left before them, and Margot says, I don't know, and Margot notices it's almost dawn, and asks what time they got there, and Jules doesn't really know how much time went by. Yeah, because we don't really, really know what time they went out. We just know mom had a flight at five. Right. And it was after, you know, they went to the bar and then they went and hung out at the pool. Then they went to the house. So yeah, more than likely it was midnight or so at least. Yeah. Cause I know trying to get through some haunted houses, it takes a while, usually getting through the line. Right. So yeah, but it's weird because they don't really talk about what either of them, what seen. they went through. No, neither one of them do. And you go, hmm, wonder how bad it was for Jules. And I'm kind of wondering if that's what the rest of the season's going to be. Like, we're going to find out what each one went through and then kind of have it come back together or something. Maybe. I guess unless, we'll find out. Yeah, unless this Jules isn't our Jules. You know what? I was thinking that. And I'm like... Right. It's very, very possible that this is the only way to kind of calm her down was to have her find her friend, feel a little secure, and then rip it all apart, which uh. basically we we find out because they put on their seatbelts, but the car won't start. Again, nightmare scenario, right? Exactly. So they're like... So they have to... Yeah, we're going to walk. Get out and walk. And of course, I'm like, something's going to jump out. Right. But it's barely daylight as they make into a neighborhood. And Jules brings up how Margot is doing with everything, seeing that it's been a, over a year now. And Margot tells her she's doing okay, which it's apparent she's not. She hasn't gotten over guilt of her father dying. Right. And then Margot's like, hey, are you just going to crash here? She's like, sure, I have clothes in the car. And this is where I'm like, didn't they just leave the car because it wouldn't start? Yes. I was like, wait a minute. Was that something that was... <laughs> You know, a screw up in editing? Is it a screw up in like them remembering? I didn't understand how the car was there. Or was the car actually supposed to be one of the guys' car and that Margo that Jules drove and maybe she wasn't drinking? Yeah. Right. You know, I'm thinking maybe uh, that. Yeah. Yeah, that's possible. And so But yeah, yeah, I I noticed that as well and said Time out. Something's not right here. Yeah. So if anybody <laughs> has any ideas on that one, shoot us an email. Do we right. Think so Margo walks it? up, unlocks the door. She puts her purse and keys on the table and walks into the room where her father died and stops. But when Jules, after getting her stuff out of the car, is walking up the driveway, we see the house number is six. I didn't notice what it was earlier. Did you? Was no, I didn't either. Six? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, we may have to go back and uh, rewatch it again to see if we ever saw a house number. I don't think we did because, well, we seen some house it's a numbers covered porch. Yeah, we saw some house numbers, but I don't know if we saw hers particular. Hers particularly. Hmm. But as Margot's headed up the stairs, we see a painting of a flower. The freaking flowers coming back again. Yes, it is. 
and then all of a sudden whistling. So she's kind of around the corner, but like the whistling would have stopped me right away too. Yeah, absolutely. Her mom's supposed to be out of town. (laughs) Who's whistling in my house? As she comes back down and looks into the kitchen, there's her dad. And especially he looks up and he says, hey, Martian, how was your night? How she didn't fall over? I will not know. Because she's just like, uh, and there is the end. It's like, how did you not freak out? I would have probably ran (laughs) screaming out of the house at that point. Right. Now, it was interesting that Jules kind of does a double take on the house number being six. Okay, so maybe it wasn't always six. Right. And of course, yeah, I, I doubt very seriously they are out of the no-end house at this point in time. They're still inside. But because of the way Jules is reacting, too, I'm thinking they are actually... are Both of them yes, together? Yes, like right. our right okay. people. So, I don't yeah. know. The ones who walked in together. Yes. so it's weird, and I don't know, it's going to be really weird. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, this is really going to be a psychological horror, and those are the best. Yes, which is why this probably freaked me out so bad. But... We hope you guys are just as freaked out as we are. So, like we were saying, is it a continuity error, or is it supposed to have happened that way for the car? Did you notice the number on the house beforehand? Anything that you noticed that we didn't pick up, we want to know. So, our new email now, sci-fi-talk at fangirlzone.com, and we'll be able to answer you back right away. We'll even read your email on air. Yes, we will. Oh, my gosh. This one's got me freaked out already, and this is only episode one. So, yeah. <laughs> six weeks of freaking out. Woo. All right, sci-fi. All right, so don't forget to rate and review us on all the platforms that you're finding us on, because good ratings of the show helps other people find us. Tell your friends. We do hope you're enjoying the podcast. Don't forget to live tweet with them, because we already know we're getting yes. more of Channel Zero, because it's going to be different every season. but. Live tweet so they know how you're feeling about this episode, about all of the episodes when you have it. And because, as you guys probably already know, we did lose the show this season. That we're still trying very hard to get picked up on a you know a different platform, streaming platform. But we always want to make sure Sci-Fi knows that we are really into these shows. Yes. So absolutely. Wow! Can't wait to talk to you guys about this for this six weeks because it's crazy. So, for this episode of Sci-Fi Talk, I'm Sean Fangirl S. And I'm Steve. Remember, we saw you go through puberty. Until next time.